0: Which Carolina Panthers players stand to benefit the most from a fresh start with a new coaching staff? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where tomorrow I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or dm me if you'd like to participate in this week's edition of the weekly friday mailbag right here on locked on panthers the carolina panthers have a brand new coaching staff we all know that frank reich is now here as the head coach gerald vero is now here as the dc thomas brown is the oc and you got jim caldwell dom capers is back in town the carolina panthers have gone out And built one of the best staffs in the NFL, at least on paper. Got to go out there and win some games that you cannot find anyone out there. I'm sure you can find someone. I don't know any sane person out there who's not excited about the staff that's been built here by Frank Wright, the new Carolina Panthers head coach. And I'm sure there's players on this roster who are also excited about the fresh start that a new coaching staff provides them. And on today's show, I want to talk about, we got the schedule release. that's coming out 8 p.m. Thursday. I'll talk about some things I'd like to see on the Panthers schedule as far as, like, when those games will be played because we already know who they're going to play. It's just about the dates. That comes out later on tonight. I also kind of want to get into the storylines and some of the other things that might be going on are going to happen, I guess, this season. So we'll get into that later on. But right now, I want to look at four players in particular, who I think stand to benefit from a fresh start here with the new coaching staff that Frank Reich has built in Carolina. I'm going to start off with Terrace Marshall Jr. You can look at this wide receiver room and wonder where does Terrace fit in. You can look at Jonathan Mingo being drafted – in the second round and wonder if the Carolina Panthers went out and got a guy who they think might end up being the replacement Terrace Marshall. It's a possibility. Terrace has two years left on his deal. Mingo has yet to sign his deal, but we'll have four years left on his rookie contract coming up this season. And he could be here longer than Terrace. We'll see. Terrace Marshall's future is still up in the air as far as a long term future here in Carolina. But I think he's someone Even with Adam Thielen in here now and DJ Chark, and I don't look at Demir Bird as someone who's going to really be taking snaps away from Terrace Marshall. He's still someone who I think will be a top three wide receiver on this team and absolutely has the potential to be a very solid wide receiver in the NFL. Is he ever going to be an all pro and one of the top wide receivers in the NFL? I don't know. It doesn't really look like that from what we've seen so far, but he also has not been fully healthy. He also has not been given the most opportunities through the first two years of his career to show that he can be that guy. Now, if you look at it, Terrace Marshall is someone who already has benefited from a coaching change. If you look at the 15 games uh, that he was here with Matt Rule, at least he played because he was a healthy scratch a couple of these games, the 15 games he played under Matt Rule – 34 targets, 21 receptions, 168 yards receiving, 8 yards per reception. Goose egg in the touchdown column, 4.94 yards per target. You look at the 12 games last year that he played with Steve Wilkes as the head coach and not Matt Rule, 12 of those games, 43 targets, 24 receptions, 460 yards, 19.17 yards per reception, which was tops in the NFL in the final 12 weeks of the year, only one touchdown. In that blowout on the road against Cincinnati. But 10.7 yards per target for Terrace Marshall. The 15 games of Matt Rule, he was a non-factor. The 12 games, with Steve Wilkes. He was the number two wide receiver. He was actually a factor in this offense and on this roster. So we've already seen Terrace Marshall benefit from a coaching change. It was still the same play caller, but the philosophy offensively obviously changed, and we saw that with Steve Wilkes wanting to pound the rock and run the damn ball. Looking at it with Frank Reich, he's still going to want to run the football. He talked about his introductory press conference, how things went sideways for him because they could not run the ball anymore. Look at the Colts' offensive line and the injury to Jonathan Taylor, but the problem there was quarterback. And for Terrace Marshall, you could look at the problem for him has been injuries, opportunity, also quarterback. Now he's healthy. And now he's going to get opportunity. And now Bryce Young is his quarterback. And we already saw him start to show us signs that, man, he could be a player. So I already see, look, I already look at Terrace Marshall as somebody who has shown in the past that. With the coaching change, he can benefit from it. Why would he not benefit now that Frank Reich's here, Thomas Brown's here, Josh McCown's here, Parks Frazier's here. You got Sean Jefferson as his wide receiver coach. How is that not an advantageous advantageous position for Terrace Marshall to be in? It certainly seems to be, in my opinion. He's not the only wide receiver who's staying to benefit. You got LaVisca Chenault. Now, there's only one ball that goes around. got Hayden Hurst here. got Miles Sanders here, of course. You got DJ Chark. Who they brought in, looks like he's gonna be wide receiver too. You got Adam Thielen and I just talked about Terrace Marshall. There's competition in that room. But a player who the Panthers traded for and rarely utilized was Lavishka Chennault. And when the trade was made, I didn't look at it as something that was all that Exciting. It's like, okay, cool. Chenault, good player at, t- at Colorado. Been, he was fine at, in Jacksonville. Uh, nothing really overwhelming. Maybe he comes in here, is able to uh, step up and do something. But I didn't look at the Chenault trade as something to get that excited about. But also, what we saw last year feels like not even close to his potential. Look at his touches in Jacksonville. In 2020, 76 touches for 691 yards from scrimmage, five touchdowns. 2021, 74 touches for 660 yards from scrimmage. Goose egg on touchdowns. Uh, last year, uh, 36 touches, 370, 337 yards from scrimmage, one touchdown, which I thought he scored two touchdowns. But either way, his touches got cut in half. His numbers were cut in half as well, and he was able to score multiple touchdowns. And it's not just that. We talked to Mike Kay a couple weeks ago from the Charlotte Observer, and he talked about how the staff – last season would not allow him to do anything other than just catch screens and then try to make a guy miss. And with the Falcons, and and I guess those are were, those were runs. So, yeah, he had, he had two. It was the Falcons and the Saints, horrible tackling, but he also showed some speed and the ability to make a man miss. And he was not given that many opportunities to do that. Again, 36 touches down from 76 and 74 in his first two years in Jacksonville. And it's odd that you would trade for someone and then rarely utilize him, at least usually utilize him in that manner. Look at his average depth of target. Speaking of, okay, he only catches screens. He's not even allowed to go across the line of scrimmage. 2020, 6.2 yards. 2021, 5.5 yards. 2022, negative 0.7 yards. His average depth of target was negative. He was always catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage. You have to imagine a staff that wants to build on DJ Chark's route tree that they're not going to do that to LaVisca Chenault. So at least he's going to get an opportunity When called upon to catch the ball past the line of scrimmage opposed to whatever the hell they were asking him to do last fall here in Carolina when Rule's on staff and really even just Ben McAdoo and entire offensive system, what was that? I don't think Chenault is that great of a player, but I do think he has a lot more to give than what he was asked to give last year here in Carolina and also 12.2 yards per catch or after the catch last season which was necessary that was a career high up from 6.2 and five and a half, which makes sense when your average depth of target is 6.2 yards you're probably not gonna go that far same thing five and a half yards you're probably not gonna go that far when it's a negative it's good to see though that he has the ability as we saw against New Orleans and Atlanta to do something with the ball after the catch maybe just maybe this staff We'll see that and think, hmm, maybe we can actually use this guy for something more than just uh, these gimmicky screens and hope he makes four players miss and that NFL players lose the ability to control their bodies and actually be able to make a tackle. I don't know. We'll see. Jeremy Chin. And this one, in a way, has been said and doesn't necessarily need to be said again. They brought in Von Bell. He's going to play close to the line of scrimmage. Jeremy Chin, the best year of his career, I felt like, was his rookie year. He was good again in his second year, last year, injuries that affected him. He's not the greatest in coverage if we're really being honest with ourselves, and there's a reason why the Panthers brought in Von Bell and are wanting to move Jeremy Chin up close to the line of scrimmage because they understand that is the reality and they also understand he's a pretty damn good football player, and why would they put him in a position where he's not going to be the most successful? Put him close to the line of scrimmage and allow him just to be a playmaker. So Jeremy Chin, in this new defense with Von Bell here, gets to be in a position where Obviously, he's a benefactor to the fresh start with this new coaching staff. Finally, C.J. Henderson. It can't get worse, right? It, it can't. Henderson, last season, a couple interceptions. He found a way to make some plays. Like, Atlanta. Thought we were going to win that game after the C.J. Henderson interception, especially after all the mistakes that he had made up until that point, and then after that game, all the mistakes he made after then. The Carolina Panthers have said already – how they feel about C.J. Henderson as far as what his future will be here in Carolina. And they do not believe after this season that he's someone that they're going to keep around because they decided not to pick up the $11.5 million and exercise that 50-year option, which was a no-brainer. He has not earned it. They've also brought in Eric Rowe. They brought in Jimmy Robinson, who could play safety, probably going to be more of a nickel. They brought in guys who could take snaps away from C.J. Henderson. But he has a new coaching staff. He has Jonathan Cooley now as his quarterback coach. He has D'Angelo Hall as his assistant quarterback coach. He has an opportunity now with the new coaching staff to potentially turn it around. And he might not have a future here in Carolina if he goes out and balls out, plays well. The Panthers may not be able to afford him and keep him around. And Henderson might look at, hey, you guys didn't believe me last season. Why would I stay? But it would be beneficial for the Panthers this season if he does play well. It would also be beneficial to his career because if he does not work out now, I've already went over this. The coaching staff that drafted him, he played with them. Then Urban Meyer played with him, barely, like two games. I don't even know if he was active in either one of those games. Came here with Matt Rule, played for him. Last year, Steve Wilkes. This is his fifth coaching staff. He has not had the continuity of having the same cornerback coach throughout his career in the NFL, and that's through four seasons. So maybe that's hurt him. I don't know what it is. But there's a reason why he was drafted in the top ten back during the 2020 draft. And let's not sit here and be like, oh, well, the scouting – aspect was terrible no 2019 there was no pandemic people had already known who he was that is not a factor in why he has failed I don't know what the issue has been I look at C.J. Henderson as someone who obviously has talent and is gonna run out of chances if he does not get it done this year so clearly to me he is someone who stands benefit from having a coaching change and getting someone else in his ear and maybe they can get the best out of him because the thought was the Carolina Panthers have built one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. Well, go out there, coach up your players, and let's see what we can get at C.J. Henderson this upcoming season. So when are the Panthers going to play these games this upcoming season? We'll find out later tonight, 8 p.m., I believe, on the NFL Network, ESPN, whoever else is going to be broadcasting this major event of the NFL scheduled dates being released. They're holding us all hostage. People like me just want to know, when am I going to be off on a Sunday this fall, and you know how can I plan my life around it? That's all I'm asking. We'll talk about the schedule release coming on tonight and some of the storylines that we already know are going to happen coming up in the 2023 season. That coming up here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built if you're like me and you wanna make healthier snack choices, but you don't wanna compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you: built bars and built pups. Built bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you won't think that they're good for you. Well, they are. So, what makes built bars so good, you ask? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% dark chocolate. That's right, dark chocolate on every single bar and Puff. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros, and what's even better is that they are healthy for you. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein, and now you don't need to wait around for a box anymore. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. You can still do that, get their specialty flavors, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, watch to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. But you can pick up a 4-bar box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff and if you're close to a sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box of their hit flavors brownie batter puff and churro puff you can thank me later the nfl really is a fool of themselves you know every month has to have some major event in the offseason especially we got the combine and we got the draft and now we got the schedule release well the schedule date release we already know what the schedule is going to look like. The Panthers are going to play the Packers at home, the Vikings at home, the Texans at home, the Colts at home, the Cowboys at home, the Falcons at home, New Orleans at home, Tampa at home. On the road, they're going to go to Chicago, Detroit, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Seattle, Miami, Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. So there is your schedule. The only thing that needs to be released is when the games are actually going to be played. The only thing I care about are when the games are actually going to be played. I also want to know the preseason dates in those games to know When in August, I can actually enjoy a weekend, opposed to being stuck watching four stringers who aren't going to make the team battle it out in the fourth quarter. But that's my problem, not your problem. I'm sure you don't really care at all. Looking at the schedule, plenty of storylines that we'll have time to discuss uh, through the next coming months, really, once we get to those weeks. Uh, Green Bay, uh, Panthers getting the Packers at home. Hopefully, hopefully all that Bryce Young is here and people are excited. We can fill the our own stadium and there won't be a bunch of cheese heads in the building. They're going to get in. But no more Aaron Rodgers. Got Jordan Love, who the Packers look at is being maybe the future of their franchise. I mean, they look him at it right now as future of the franchise TBD. Uh, they're trying to see what he can be. And the NFC, look at the young quarterbacks out there. Um, who is there really? There's Kyler Murray. There is Dak Prescott, there's Jalen Hurts, he's pretty good, and maybe Brock Purdy, I, I, pff, sounds like San Francisco's buying into that's going to be a real thing, past last season. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's there, he's a puppet master, so I'm sure everything will be fine. Um, there's not really that many young quarterbacks to look at in the NFC, and I think that's a storyline just going into the season of, who can stand up and be the top dude? And Aaron Rodgers is gone, so now you got Jordan Love in Green Bay. Jordan Love versus Bryce Young. Two young former first-round picks who get their opportunity. So that's a home game that I think will be interesting. Minnesota, you got the Adam Thielen angle there. He had a nice article, of a nice interview with Joe Person, just talking about his fresh start here in Carolina and being excited about the opportunity ahead of him. And that's going to be an Adam Thielen uh, revenge game. And we'll also see why he's no longer in Minnesota because they got a stud there in Justin Jefferson. And just excited to see what he could do um, against J.C. Horn or really hopefully what he doesn't do against J.C. Horn in that game. Houston. So obvious, pick one, pick two, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. The talk of the draft throughout the last month and a half here in Carolina that's all we were talking about. Stroud, Young, who would it be? People were thinking at the beginning it was gonna be Stroud. Then we get to the latter half of it, it was obviously gonna be Bryce Young. Now Young is here. You also go back to just their careers in college. Bryce Young being awesome at Alabama. C.J. Stroud doing his thing at Ohio State. Their relationship dates back to them growing up in California and having the same quarterback coach and all of that. And they're still friends together. The embrace that they had um, in the green room uh, during the draft. Just storylines abound in that game. Indianapolis. Jim Irsay, unhinged. Fires Frank Reich after they just couldn't get the quarterback right. He's, Andrew Luck's tired of playing football. He's tired of getting his ass kicked. He just... Got better things to do, like go finish his degree at Stanford and just live a happy life, and he's also very rich. Why would you keep doing this if you had the kind of money that he had? And if you weren't loving the game of football anymore, Frank Reich still had success. Left the winning record there in Indianapolis, and things just fell apart because Matt Ryan's old, and Sam Ellinger's not that guy. And Again, so a revenge game in a way for Frank Reich, but more so you're looking at Anthony Richardson versus Bryce Young. The Carolina Panthers... Get the face-off against the other two first-round pick quarterbacks in at home at Bank of America Stadium for as long as it's going to be called Bank of America Stadium. you got those storylines to so Richardson uh, versus Young. Will he start? I would love to see Anthony Richardson play here against Carolina. Dallas, I mean, it's the Cowboys. Everyone hates the Cowboys. Uh, everyone loves to beat the Cowboys. You already know what it is. And it feels like typically when Dallas comes to Charlotte, they leave in hell. Uh, Atlanta, well – Division game, New Orleans division game, Tampa division game. Well, Tampa, though, Baker Mayfield. I saw the reports, Pro Football Talk Wednesday, that Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask are going to split reps 50-50. Baker versus Carolina, rules gone, and also ruled in Bencham. And Wilkes is no longer here either. And a lot of the guys on the coaching staff are gone. Is it all that much of a revenge game? I'm sure Baker will talk himself into it. Didn't work out the last time, though. Uh, Chicago, Justin Fields, the Panthers trading the number one uh, trading number one pick or for the number one pick. At uh, Justin Fields still there in Chicago, DJ Moore now in Chicago as their wide receiver one having to go up there. Nice reunion with DJ, and also looking at hey the Bears they had an option they they could have stayed at number one, could take taken Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, and now you got. Bryce Young here in Carolina, the Panthers could have taken uh, Justin Fields back in 2021, opted not to. There's that storyline. Uh, Detroit, with your favorite Locked On host, we get to talk to him again. Uh, the Bear, uh, the Lions looked great. Ben Johnson almost was the Panthers coach, it felt like. At least he was the early favorite until he decided to use David Tepper for more, more money in the place that he actually wanted to stay in loyalty to Dan Campbell. So you got that storyline. Beat the brakes off the lines last year. Jacksonville, former number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, versus now current number one overall pick. in Bryce Young, there's that. Uh, Tennessee, nice trip to Nashville more than anything. Uh, and I guess Will Levis, possibly the starter in Tennessee. Don't see how that's an upgrade from Tannehill. And Seattle, you know, Seattle, always a fun game. Bitter connection, um, and in Miami, great, really good football team. Tua, Bama guy, Bryce Young, Bama guy. That would be a fun game as well. Then again, Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. So that's the schedule, and those are some of the storylines. At least we can look forward to as things currently stand here on May 11th. Now, what would I actually like to see the schedule line up to be? Like, what I, what, what do I want to see happen? Like, what game do I want week one? How do I want things kind of spread out? I'll tell you here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. So, what's my ideal schedule for the Carolina Panthers? We already know the games, everyone over the teams, the storylines. What do I want to actually see happen? How do I want everything to lay out? There's two options for me week one. Houston or Indianapolis. The NFL has to have the Carolina Panthers play one of those teams in Week One. Houston, for all the reasons I already stated, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, their relationship, number one pick, number two pick. The Panthers could add Stroud. Look like they like Stroud. Did Josh McCown say, "Hey, one day when you live in Charlotte," or is he saying, "Hey, one day when you visit Charlotte, right before we play Week One, we can play some pickup hoops, and then maybe uh, you don't play on Sunday." I don't know, um, but that makes a ton of sense. And let's be honest, the Texans are going to suck. And the general NFL public is not tuning in on Sundays to watch the Panthers and to watch the Texans. That's just the reality of the situation, y'all, until we get a quarterback. Now, yes, Bryce Young going to have some sort of interest, but how many people were watching the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2021 with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence not looking good? How many people were watching the Jacksonville Jaguars at the beginning of last season? Even with Doug Peterson, the Super Bowl winning head coach, probably not that many. And even coming up this season, how many people are going to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars even though they just won the AFC South and they have Trevor Lawrence? Probably not that much. Now, the Carolina Panthers, far more intrigue than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't get me wrong, but we still are a team that does not get as much love nationally as we deserve, especially when we are good. Now, the Panthers have not been good the last couple years, so I do not blame anyone in the NFL public for not wanting to watch the games. Now there's a reason. But give them the reason week one. Don't put this game week nine because ain't nobody trying to watch a one and eight Texans team versus uh, five and three Panthers. That that sounds good. No one's trying to watch that, even if it is the number one pick versus the number two pick and their friendship. Put it week one. Put that game week one, one o'clock, Fox, CBS, I don't care what channel you put it on. That is something people would actually be interested in because it's going to be their first career starts, New head coaches, again, the top two picks. It makes so much sense for the NFL to put that game week one. Do not bury this later on in the season when the Texan season's already over and, you know, people are just starting to be like, yeah, let's turn on Texans-Panthers. Or, if they don't want to do that, maybe do it week two? I don't think they're going to give the Panthers their first two games at home. They could. Uh, Indianapolis would also make sense. Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, the Frank Reich factor in it all. That's a game that that would even make sense for Thursday night football. Indianapolis trying to get their ish together, the Panthers, I think they're going to get it together. Of course, the Frank Wright factor of it all. Like that's a week 1 game. I would like to see that week 1. I really want Houston week 1. We that needs to be week 1. They got to play a Thursday. they don't have to play a Thursday night game. That's no longer guaranteed. No one's guaranteed. Everyone's guaranteed a primetime game. You actually could play two Thursday night games. Please don't let that happen. Please don't. If you do it, didn't well if they want to play two Thursday night games that's actually not that bad because that means I got a full weekend to do nothing so if you want to do it do it back to back let's not let not do one like one week the next week like let's at least be on like a little bit of a routine there uh for the Panthers so Indianapolis I would like to see like a, as a Thursday night game if that's possible um week two now I'm kind of torn here week two would love for it to be a divisional game and that's what it's been the Last couple of seasons, I mean, week two, I think it was Tampa, that no, was New Orleans in 2021. Last year it was actually on the road against the Giants. I think they just played New Orleans at home week three. Let's maybe play New Orleans a little bit later on in the season, not playing right away. Um, uh, in mean, week one or week two or week three, I want to play Tampa. Give me the Baker revenge game, put that in quotes. Um, week two, whether it's in Tampa Bay or it's in Carolina. Give me that game early. Like, give me the – let's go 1-0 in the division right away. So, I'm also torn because whatever Baker Mayfield, who cares. But also, like, I don't love the long gap of you play this game super early. Like, they play New Orleans week three. Don't play them again until week 18. Can we not do that anymore? <laughs> let's not do how spread out they are. I, I let's do the divisional games, like, in October – November, December, and January. Like, what's kind of spread – what's having not too spread apart like they have in the last couple of seasons. I'm totally fine with them being your last two or three games. I would just prefer them to not be early season games, especially when you're trying to figure it out with Bryce Young, unless it is a potential Baker Mayfield revenge game, and that just adds a little bit of early season intrigue and who the hell knows how things are going to work out for Baker by time we get to November – December or January when the Panthers would likely pay the Buccaneers again. He might not be the starting quarterback. He probably gonna win the get win the starting job at a camp. So let's get that early on in the season. Prime give me a prime time game against the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is gonna be on TV all the time. They're gonna be playing at 425. They no longer have uh, their hometown broadcast with a Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Uh, but can we still get a 425 game or at least a primetime game with the Dallas Cowboys? Like, put that, give it to me on Monday Night Football. Everyone's going to watch. Got Bryce Young here now. Number one pick. There's that. The Cowboys. Some sort of narcotic that these people can't get off of because they were good back in the 90s. And now they're irrelevant. I don't understand it. My whole life, I'm 30. The Cowboys have sucked. They've been trash. But if you're going to be obsessed with the Cowboys NFL, then let the Panthers benefit off of it on Monday Night Football. Give us a prime time. I'm not going to sit here and think Sunday night. You got to earn Sunday night football in my, you got to be good. And I, I, I don't know how the flex scheduling goes anymore. Right. Cause they change it all the time. I really feel like you start flexing Sunday night games after like week four, because put the best game of the week there on Sunday night. Let, let's not mess around with this. Like you got to earn it. And I'm hoping the Panthers will be good enough by the end of the season. They can be on a Sunday night football. But in the meantime, let's do, let's do Monday night. Put us on Monday night football against the Cowboys um and then as far as like traveling goes for the fans out there know the roaring riot fans there's people who are part of that who listen to the podcast people who aren't even a part of it who like to travel go to the games uh chicago in september when it's like gonna be super nice let's make that happen don't have people from charlotte have to go down there in november or december like a couple years ago buffalo that's absurd don't do that it was cool in green bay when it snowed that one time that was cool but it is Lambeau Field and the whole frozen tundra of Lambeau Field thing. The NFL films like they don't say that about Chicago, do they? I don't know anymore. Um, so let's have people go to Chicago in September. Let's have people go to Nashville in October when it's cooled down a little bit. Give them a little nice long weekend to enjoy it. And if you, it's probably going to be a, a noon game Central Time, anyways. But give, if you want to put it later on in the day, allow people to kind of you know shake off all the junk that they're <laughs> this can be all over them from being on Broadway all weekend let's do that so I would like to see those games Miami put that one late in the season of course like November December put that one late in the season when it's still nice outside like going to Florida three times let's have all the Florida games in November and December for traveling purposes Seattle doesn't matter. I honestly, I think that's really a game that if you're a fan, you're going to travel. You should want to go to that game in September when the sun's still out until like 10 p.m. And it's beautiful. Like, love the PNW. Love Seattle. So Just from like a fan's perspective in traveling, we'll let them do that. Detroit doesn't really matter. It's an indoor game. And it's Detroit, which is actually a lovely city if you've ever visited. But um, I know most people don't think that highly of Detroit. Bring your passport. It's right there on the Detroit River across from Ontario. Go over to uh, Canada and I uh, go do that just pro tip for people don't know the geography of where Detroit lies here in our great country, the United States of America. All right. That's going to wrap up this edition of the lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the lockdown podcast network hosted by yours, truly Julian council Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian council, where tomorrow I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those weekly Friday mailbag questions in. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole, as always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Friday, probably twice, because the schedule comes out, so mailbag, and then maybe later on that afternoon, you might see me breaking down the schedule, which will probably act as your Monday episode, either way, talk to you guys on Friday, goodbye.